Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is January 21, and our chapter is Genesis chapter 40. In chapter 39, we saw a phrase that appeared throughout the entire chapter. It is one of my favorite all-time phrases in the Bible. I have two or three, and I will share those as we go along. But the scripture says, and the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Then it says, and they saw that the Lord was with Joseph. And then finally, in verse 21, one of my favorite passages concerning Joseph, which really, really goes to the heart of the matter of the blessing of God upon Joseph. Here's what it says in 3921. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him chesed, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. You know what my desire for your life is? I certainly know what the desire for my life is, that the Lord would be with me, that he would show me chesed, that he would show me divine favor and give me favor with others. You see, when we have favor with God, it just seems like that all of life just circles around that. Because what really matters in life is that the Lord is with us. I remember the story of Samson, and we'll cover that when we get to the material concerning the 350 plus years of the judges. The scripture says that after Samson had fallen... After he had had his hair cut and all of his mess with Delilah, the scripture says that when he was lying down, that they shouted, the Philistines are upon you. And he got up as he had always done. But I love the King James Version of the Bible, and it's Elizabethan English when it says, and he wist not that the Lord had left him. Oh, how I pray that God is always with us. Now, we know that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We know that he lives within our hearts as believers. But you see, God can live in your heart and his good hand of blessing not be upon your life because of disobedience. And so Joseph had the favor of God upon him. And this word that I'll tell you about in the months to come, chesed, God's virtues, God's blessing, God's love, God's kindness, God's generosity, God's grace, God's mercy, God's loving kindness, God's favor, all wrapped up in one concept, one word, chesed. And then the scripture says, and he found favor. That's what was said of Jesus, that he grew in stature, wisdom, and in favor with God and with men. May God say that about us. Now on with the story of Joseph. Joseph is now in prison. And again, God let him find favor just as he did with Potiphar, just as he's now going to with the warden of the entire prison. 
Joseph is put in charge. The warden could just go on vacation. And he probably did because the scripture says that he left everything in Joseph's hands. And as Joseph was kind and doing his job, the scripture says that he had these two servants of the king in prison with him. Now, it's interesting. It says in chapter 40 and verse 1, Now, it came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord, king of Egypt. <laughs> you see, it doesn't take much to offend a potentate. I could say a lot now about the last two administrations of the United States government for president, and I have never in my life, in my lifetime, have I seen two men that more wore their feelings on their shoulders? I'm glad that neither one of them are king and have all authority and power, or every one of us would be in trouble. But I digress. And the Pharaoh was angry, and he was angry at the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. Now, these were not in there with hardened criminals. This was not maximum security. They were in a place where they had some bit of freedom. Now, that doesn't mean that their end was going to be good, but these were not your ordinary prisoners. Joseph had been servant of the captain of the guard, the head of the secret service, and so he was not placed in with everyone else so he could tell all the secrets. Same thing is true with the butler and the baker. And Joseph was taking care of them. Then the butler and the baker, the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream, both of them. And each man's dream happened in one night. And each man's dream had its own interpretation. And Joseph came in to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So Joseph, being a very perceptive man, so he asked these officers who were with him in their custody, saying, why do you look so sad today? I can just imagine Joseph going in. He was just serving. I mean, he was like a Chick-fil-A person. I mean, he was just saying, uh, yes, they were saying, well, thank you for that. And he was saying, oh, it's my pleasure because, you see, he had a great attitude. That's for another day. And then they said to him, we each have had a dream and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me what they were. Tell me, please. You see, Joseph, whether he was with Potiphar, whether he was the, with the Midianites, whether he was before Pharaoh, before the king, before the butler and the baker in prison, he was the same guy. He was God's man. And he just immediately said, look, I'm here to tell you, nobody can interpret dreams but God. And then the chief butler told him his dream. Behold, in my dream, a vine was before me, and the vine had three branches. And it was as though it budded, and its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, like a cupbearer, like Nehemiah, like Nehemiah. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. That was his dream. And Joseph said, this is the interpretation of it. 
The three branches are three days. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. Now, we use the word butler, but he was the cupbearer, the same concept of Nehemiah when Nehemiah was the cupbearer, the king of Persia. It was a very trusted position. I mean, if anyone was trying to poison him, this was the wine taster, the food taster, then he was going to kill over first. This was a very trusted position because he could have killed the king easy because it had to be someone that he trusted. And so, indeed, he said, but when you're restored, this is verse 14, remember me when it is well with you. Please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to the Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. And also, I have done nothing here that they should have put me in this dungeon. Now, the chief baker was listening. He saw that the interpretation was good. He thought, man, this is good. If he's going to be restored, maybe this is what happened to me. And he said to Joseph, I also was in my dream, and there were three white baskets on my head. In the uppermost basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket on my head. Uh Uh-oh. So Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation of it. The three baskets are three days. And that was like the butlers, three days. Within three days, the Pharaoh will lift off your head, not lift up your head as he did the butler, the cupbearer. Within three days, the Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree. And the birds will eat your flesh from you. See, old Joseph was a man of courage. He just spoke the word of God, just like it was revealed to him. Now, for those of us who are pastors are listening to this, this is a good word for us. We're just the messengers. It doesn't matter if they like us. Doesn't matter if they don't like us. Doesn't matter if they don't pay us. Doesn't matter if they run us off. Remember, everywhere the apostle Paul went in, he preached the word of God and he caused either a revival or a riot, and sometimes both. We're not called to be popular. We're called to be faithful. We're called to be courageous. Joseph just told the truth. To the first one, it was good news. To the second one, it was bad news. And so the scripture says, Now it came to pass on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the butler and of the chief baker among his servants. Then he restored the chief butler, that is the cupbearer, to his butlership again. And he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted. Now listen to verse 23. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Can you believe it? This man was obliged to Joseph. But isn't it amazing that when we serve people and we do things for people, how quickly they forget what we have done for them? And again, I know many pastors are listening. And for those of you out there listening that are members of churches, remember. Remember the story of Joseph and the baker and the butler. Because many times a pastor will serve you faithfully. He will preach the word of God to you. He will teach you the word of God. And by the way, that's the primary responsibility of any pastor is to preach the word, not to be a hospital chaplain. He does that sometimes, but that's not his primary calling. It's not to make sure that you are satisfied. It's to make sure that you're fed. 
But how many times when someone has served faithfully, the moment they don't do something a congregation wants them to do, or they disappoint a congregation, it's not what have you done for me, but what have you done for me lately? Now, this is what happened. Joseph was forgotten. Now, that's what I spoke to you as the congregation. Now, let me speak to those of us who are pastors and who are leaders. It doesn't matter how they treat us. What matters is how God treats us. In all truthfulness, it doesn't matter what they think of us. It's what God thinks of us. And this is true of Joseph. Joseph had another opportunity to really get angry, to look around at what was happening with everybody else. He was unfairly treated. He was misjudged. He was maligned. Many times, pastors and leaders bring things on themselves. I can tell you, most of the trouble I've had in churches, when it all boils down to it, is not someone else's fault. It's mine. Bad judgments, quick decisions, temper, reaction, instead of godly proactivity. And you see, I'm old enough to say this and feel comfortable about it. And I'm just telling you, no one has a right to be bitter. No one. I don't care what's happened to you. You have no right to be bitter. God doesn't give us the right to be bitter. And if you are angry at the circumstances where you find yourself, you can't control that. God's in control, and he'll show you he's in control. He loves you enough to discipline you many times to show you he's in control. But if you start getting angry at God and then lashing out at others, it won't be long till resentment will find a root in your heart, and the root of resentment is a taproot right into bitterness. And bitterness will not only ruin your life, it'll ruin your relationships, it'll ruin your marriage, it'll ruin your relationship with your children. You won't be able to be around anyone. No one wants to be around you. They'll see you coming, turn and hide. And they'll be asking when they're invited somewhere, is so-and-so coming? Because if so, they're not wanting to be there. And that's you. And so all of us need to understand the lesson of Joseph. Joseph did nothing wrong. Oh, he was prideful when he shouldn't have been. He was talking when he should have been listening, but that's the way 17-year-olds are. But he was a follower of God from the very beginning, and he listened to the Lord, and he sought the Lord with all of his heart. He wanted to know God's will for his life, and he refused to let the circumstances of life enrage him and embitter him. Even when he was in the dungeon and he had done another good thing, not a bad thing, a good thing, and the butler totally forgot about him. So let me wrap this up. I want to ask you a question. Are you in the dungeon of forgetfulness? Has someone forgotten your service to God? Has someone forgotten how you served, how you've been good to someone? Has someone deeply disappointed you? You've been good to them, and they've deeply disappointed you. Listen to me. Let it go into the hands of the only one that can handle anger, God Almighty. And if you will cut the cord to these people, you won't just set them free. Primarily, you will set you free because everybody at some time or another is going to be in the prison of being forgotten. Don't worry. This is not the end of the story. In the next chapter and the next chapter after that, God gets in on it. And by the way, he always does. God never forgets. If you're in the dungeon, just keep looking up. The day is coming when the master will set you free. 
For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.